to Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. We want to talk about tonight no option to quit. No option to quit. I must be saved. No option to quit. I must be saved. Amen. And I believe that we have to really tell ourselves that and really think like when things coming against us and we're going through a lot of challenges and things like that and things seem to be overwhelmed with us, we have to talk to ourselves. And say, I cannot quit. I can't throw in a towel. I can't give up. I must be saved. Because if we quit, we will not be saved. We throw in the towel, we won't be saved. The Bible said, the race wasn't given to the swift, neither the battle to the strong. But they that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So it's no option. You know, uh, um, um, in the book of, I believe, Romans in the book of Romans, this is, uh, I believe it's the book of Romans or either Corinthians, is speak about what shall, shall separate you from the love of God? Shall hype, shall death? And they begin to say a lot of things that we go through. Or, are we going to let any of these things separate us from the love of God? Amen. And so we have turned Acts chapter 2 and verse 40. It says, and with many of the words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Amen. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. The title again of the message is, No Option to Quit. In other words, I must be saved. Option means a choice. You don't have a choice. You can take a choice, but you really don't have one. There's no choice. There's no in and out. Um, uh, I think I want to be saved. I want, you don't have one. Not really. You might take one, but you don't really have one. There's no option means you you can select. This is something your soul depends upon. You don't, that you just need to be saying, I, I, no option. I don't have, I can't, you know, um, make no excuse or nothing. I must be saved. If you really want to be saved. You don't really want to be saved. You probably won't think that way. You probably think, well, I make all kinds of excuses. And people, that's what they're doing today, making all kinds of excuses. Uh, do you know that when we go before the Lord, because there's going to be judgment day. There's judgment day, the Bible speaks of. Every person goes before the Lord. And everybody's going to have to give an account for what they've done in this earth, whether they did, uh, you know, whether they did, uh, good at the end they got their life together good if, if they didn't either way you, we're going to have to give an account we're going to have to answer to God amen so no one can answer for you that's what I'm getting to no one can answer for me I have parents they're already gone on to be with the Lord they cannot answer for me I'm a grown person um, I cannot answer for my children, they're grown. You cannot answer for your children. You cannot answer for your mother, your father, your sister, your brother. You got to answer for you. And when we when we get to that age of accountability, you know, some people think, well, the kids, you know, they can just slide on to God's going to look at the accountability. That means what they understand. 
knowing right from wrong. He's going to look at all that and judge that. That's in his hand. So no one's going to have an excuse to say, well, I would have been saved, but like people make excuses, they, I would be in the church, but the people in the church, they are hypocrites. Or I, I would be saved because this didn't other. All these excuses is unacceptable, unacceptable with the Lord. You're not going to be able to take them. He's not going to hear them. Because the Bible says, save yourself. Save yourself from this untoward generation. In other words, you have to, we have to think about the title of the message. It's like, I really, even no matter how, how many excuses the devil give you, you, the Lord didn't bless you with a birthday cake. You ought not to go to church. The Lord did, didn't do this for you. You ought to quit. There's no option to quit. You're not, you're not going to be excused for quitting with the Lord. I'm not going to be excused. I don't care how road, the rough the road seems to be. Uh, we, what we go through, God wants us to come to him and ask for his help. Not quit. Amen. No option to quit. I must be saved. And this, that's how you feel. I mean, that's, what, that's how we ought to feel. I mean, because if we, know we, if we don't be saved, we're going to be lost. You're going to be saved or you're going to be lost. There's no in-between. You're going to be saved or you're going to be lost. It's simple as that. You know, so saved means to be uh, set free, delivered. And, and you, in other words, you've been delivered from sin and it's, there's the, a penalty of sin. And you're on, you change and you're walking with the Lord now. You're delivered and saved and yet trying to be saved. Doing whatever God would have you to do. Amen. So it's like, um, I never really just taught a lesson on this. this, this these different things the Lord gave me, different thoughts the Lord gives me. Because we live in a crucial hour that we have to really think about our salvation. Uh, it's not about nobody else. It's about you. You can't live holy for somebody else. They can't live holy for you. It's you. It's an individual thing. That's why Peter said, he told him, he said, uh, he told me in the 38th verse, I didn't put that in there, but he said, then, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And you see that? It's to you as an adult and it's to your children. God say the one, he say the all. If he's saying it to you, he's saying it to your children. Amen. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort them. Amen. He encouraged them. He exhorted them. He said, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Untoward means uh, unruly, adverse, in other words, adverse generation, inappropriate Difficult to guide generation. This generation is difficult to guide. I heard one day, man, it's difficult to guide. Uh, they don't have no morals, no respects. Uh, they don't respect dignities. They don't respect anything. They, I mean, they, they say what they want to do and do what they want to do. They have no respect. Yeah, young children, very young, they have no respect. I'm going to call it no name, but uh, this person doesn't go here and call any name or anything. But I, I, I've seen a reaction to this uh, child that wasn't uh, uh, to their to grandparent, a reaction. They grandparents said something to him as a young child, and this 
the, the reaction was just so negative. I said, this is a very unruly, disrespectful generation. Because when we were coming up, I mean, if you didn't like something, you didn't say something, you didn't like something, you better keep it to yourself. You might get knocked backwards, anything. You don't, you, this generation right here, they talk back to their parents and everything. I'm glad that I haven't any small kids. I have a grandbaby, so we try to teach him the right way. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad I don't have no 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 small kids. I don't know. I don't know if I can really could handle that. Uh, somebody. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can, can handle that because I that would just be. I wasn't raised up like that. Disrespect your parents. Say what you want to say. One thing I can say about my uh, two boys. They're they're grown. Both of them, or one saved, one not. I, I, I haven't really had them to disrespect me to say something out the way to me. You know, I know my oldest sometimes. Sometimes he he would like to bring up how. Uh, uh, I just don't understand what you, what did I get in trouble for? And I, I told him I said, you know, let him know. Think about the things you did. Think about that. And then I told the Lord when he got to saying that, so don't let him come to me no more with that. I said, this seems to come up, so we don't need to talk about this no more. I told the Lord, don't let it come up no more. And I don't believe it will come up too, uh, too much work. This thank the Lord you're still here. Because something was said to you that keep you here. Amen. This disrespectful, this, this uh, uh, generation. So untoward, untoward means unusual, uh, adverse. Because you know what? The way you talk to your parents and the way you treat your parents and then your children are going to do you the same way. What goes around comes around. You disrespect your parents. You say whatever you want to say when you get into it with them. Your kids are going to do you the same way. The untoward generations are unruly, adverse, a contrary generation, difficult to guide. Don't listen to nothing. It goes in this ear, out the other ear. Most times they ain't got time to hear what you got to say. You get cut off in the first word. They ain't got people, that, but they, you can't. You start talking, you might as well shut up. But but you know, I know this generation, everybody's real busy and everything. But I'm telling you, when they come to the point of disrespecting you and saying things out the way to you, that's they're gonna get people. Gonna, uh, these kids are gonna get cut off at an early age if they don't watch it. Because the Bible said, honor your parents. What else comes behind that? Honor your parents, your mother and father. That means respect your mother and father. That your days will but be longer on the face of the earth. God will give you long life. His word said it. I didn't say it. He give you longer life if you respect your parents. Sometimes you might wonder why some kids get cut off early. We don't know how they do their parents. You don't know what, what the background is. So this is a, a generation you have to save yourself from. There's no time to be looking over the fence and seeing what somebody else do. It's never been time to do that. I remember back in the day, the, the pastor I used to sit up under, he would always say, keep your eyes on the Lord. Quit looking at other people. And I think that that will help us. Quit looking and see what other people do. Don't compare yourself to nobody. Do what God will have you to do. Amen. Amen. Save yourself. 
He said he exhorted them to save yourself from this untoward generation. Amen. You have to t tell yourself that I want to go to heaven. I don't want to be lost. I, Lord, help me not to be lost. When it comes to husband and wife, Lord, help me not to be lost. It's an individual thing. When it comes to children, Lord, I don't want to be lost. Lord, I love my kids. I want them saved, but I'm not going to let them to pull me out of the church. I'm not going to let no one in my household pull me out of the church. I must be saved. There's no excuse. There's no option. I must be saved. I don't want to be lost. Bottom line. That's the way you have to look at things. And you have to say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through what I'm going through, but I need you to help me because I want to be saved. Amen? And in the book of Luke, in the book of Luke, in the ninth chapter of Luke, in verse 62, I don't have number two scriptures tonight, so... I don't know, like getting through here, maybe pretty quick. I don't know. Amen. Everybody have it. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 It's like we know what a natural plow is, plows they use to. For farming, you can even use a, uh, somebody might say a snow plow, but we're talking about the plow plows that the farmers used, you know, to to grind, to do the ground and all that, tilt the ground and everything. But we're not just talking about that. Um, but they have to hold on to that plow as they push it through. Amen. They got to pay attention to what they're doing, right? If they pull the, take the plow and just be looking somewhere, they can. Mess up some stuff, hurt somebody, cut up something, because that thing has got a blade. It's going to be going through that. When we're walking with God, it, said, it says, uh, in other words, Jesus said unto them, No man having put his hand to the plow, putting your hand, putting your, no man is walk. in other words, have uh, come and accepted the Lord in their heart and life and walking with God and looking back. That's really what he's saying. You're supposed to be serving God, but you keep looking back. What are you looking back? You're looking back to where I used to do, what I, what I want to do, what they're doing over there. Keep looking back like that. The Bible says you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Why would it say that? Because if you keep looking back, you're going to go back. So it's like, it's like I want to, to stop you, be, let you know, don't keep looking back. Reminiscing what I used to do, what I used to be hanging out with the same people that used to do the same things you used to do. When you supposed to be a new creature in the Lord. Anyone look back, you keep looking back, you're going to go back. Amen. That's really what it's saying. I might not get a big, great illustration of the plow and all that, but uh, uh, we, he's not actually talking about a natural plow anyway. He's letting us know, amen, uh, you have to stay, you have to tell yourself, I must stay focused. I must stay focused. You got to talk. Sometimes you can't wait till you get to church to hear a message. You can't depend on somebody else giving you something all the time. You need to get something yourself. You got to talk to yourself. I must stay focused. I must pray and do those things. 
I must stay focused. Amen. Stay focused. Amen. Just like you driving out here on the street. You you know, a lot of us do it and we shouldn't do it. We need to be careful. We are on our phone. We we we're texting. We're doing everything. We we shouldn't do that. We we slam bam into something. We need to stay focused. Even if you're not texting and all that, your mind could be wandering off somewhere else and you can still have an accident. You have to stay focused. Focus. Amen. Staying focused on the on, on the Lord. Living for the Lord. Not allowing yourself to be distracted. How I many know there's a lot of distractions? Some distractions are not bad, but some are. But it's still a distraction. You know, you can just be driving, just having to look over look, look over at something and there's not nothing bad, but you can have an accident. So distraction is just any kind of distraction is not good for none of us. Especially, and especially when we're trying to walk with the Lord. And the devil, he uses different things that you're not even paying no attention to. So you might not even think it's a distraction. Anything that takes your, your, your attention off the Lord, off of doing the things of God, and it constantly does that, those are distractions. Anything that keeps you from praying, you, every time you look up, you got an excuse why I can't pray. You got an excuse why I don't read the word. It's constantly, all the time, right back and forth. Now, we know sometimes we get short-changed, short-handed. You know, we may have a lot of stuff to do. But you don't. if that just keeps happening, you don't never make room for the Lord. And, then, and like, like that, those are distractions. You ask God to, to adjust your schedule or time or something. But those are distractions. Amen. Staying focused on the Lord, living for the Lord, not allowing yourself to be distracted with the cares of this world. You cannot, uh, you cannot move forward and backwards at the same time. You cannot move forward with God and move back at the same time. Just like if you was just walking down here, you can't go walk forward and backwards at the same time. You're going to walk forward or you're going to walk backward. So we have to uh, uh, tell ourselves, you know, as a time and place for everything. We down here on this earth and we have natural things to do. We have things, you know, we have to take care of our home, our family. We got to do things like that. But you should have some kind of place for God in your life. Not once a week, not once a month. You should include him some, somewhere in there uh, honoring him, uh, 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 recognizing him, acknowledging him when you first get up in the morning. Pick some time that you know you need to talk to the Lord. If morning's not good for you, I mean, morning should be good for everybody because that sets your tone. That sets your tone for the rest of your day because it's quiet, more quiet, and, and, you, and you can pray. And, and in other words, ask God for direction. Then wait till you just get up and start doing all these things. Then you forgot all about prayer. Amen. So, in other words, so uh, that. That way, God would help us to stay focused. And when we get ready to come across different things, we might not, you know, uh, we have we would have a better chance to handle things a lot better than we would if we didn't uh, pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I don't have a whole lot too much more to say, but it's no option. I don't care what excuse the devil give us. Uh, because sometimes the stuff he, the devil brings, try to put before us. I mean, when we really think about it, and God give us a strength, we like, I, you mean I let something like that almost overthrow me. We, he makes it so big, you know. It's like, and and, and the disciples said uh, when they was here on earth, walking with, with the Lord, when he uh, 
when Jesus got crucified and everything, they was like, where should we go? I mean, it's like, where they were, they, they had an option. They thought they, you know, they could have took an option, but they really didn't. They would have been lost. We're going to go back to doing what we was doing. He's not here. And, and you know, and what I'm saying, where, 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 am I, where can I go? Because he got the word of eternal life. Eternal life. I'm going to be lost if I go the other way. How many know you will be lost if you leave, uh, let, let go of God's hand? You're going to be lost. I'm going to be lost. If I let go of the hand, I didn't hear nobody say so. Y'all must don't believe it. Amen. Yeah, you, how many know you will be lost if you let somebody say, well, I can make it on my own. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to try it. The devil will deceive you and make you think, well, you know, you know what to do. You know you're supposed to go to church, but you don't have to go to church, so uh, you can do it like this. Uh, just pray at your house yourself uh, and talk to the Lord. And, uh, you know, and he'll tell you all kind of lies. Well, you know, I can go over here to, you know, this church over here because they save like me. Or they don't. He'll bring all kind of stuff to your mind. But if God didn't tell you to do that, it will not work for you. If God don't direct you to do something and you and you do it anyway, you put, you're throwing your own self out of the will of God. If God says something to us, we don't understand it. He tells us to do something. It's best just to trust him and do it. Because if you don't, you 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 be in trouble yourself. Amen. I believe that I believe that's pretty much as quick to the point. There's no option to quit. You know, uh, to quit means to give up. When you, when you say, when you're quitting, that means you're giving up. Uh, you're ceasing to stop. You, you say, I'm, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not going to walk with God no more. I'm not going to pray no more. I'm not going to church no more. You give up. That's what quit means. You cease everything. So we, we, can't, we can't afford to do that. If we do that, our soul will be lost. We can't, I don't care. Some people may uh, probably already have walked away from God and they, they, they got bitter. You know, when you walk away from the Lord, uh, I'm not saying that I ever walked away from the Lord, I prayed I never will, but just anything, when you leave something and you leave it in a negative way, you're going to, that's going to be like a bitter taste in your mouth. You almost grow, you grow bitter at the situation. You grow bitter at the Lord. You got people that are bitter at the Lord. They blaming the Lord for all their misfortunes. And, you know, some people, they done crossed over so far. They, uh, you know, the Lord tells us not to blaspheme. Some people probably went up too far and then went over too far and, and denied the power of the Holy Ghost. Them used to be saving and say, I ain't nothing to that no more. You know, there's no forgiveness for that. When you have come in contact with God and you say that stuff don't work, there's nothing to it, that's blaspheming. And you, there's no forgiveness for that. And if you take yourself out of it, you can't give no forgiveness for that. Because you're not here to ask for forgiveness. Some people think, well, if I kill myself, that'll be, that'll, yeah, you'd be going straight to hell too. Because there's, you can't come back and say, oh, forgive me for that. There's forgiveness for a lot of things, but those two things is not. It's a forgiveness for a lot of things. Even people say, well, what, somebody murdered somebody? They did that. God forgive. It's forgiveness for all of that. God forbid nobody go murder nobody. They say they find forgiveness for it. 
because Jesus. <laughs> but we need to know some things. You take yourself out of here. I just can't take no more of this trouble, this pain. Take yourself out of here. You're just going to hell quicker. Like if they told the Lord about that mess, you're going to go straight to hell. <laughs> like, bam. You know, <laughs> you know. Nobody wants to go there. <laughs> I definitely don't want to go. I can't take this down here. It's, it's nerve wracking. And no, there's all that hollering and the Bible says screaming and gnashing their teeth and stuff. Y'all read the word. People don't believe that stuff. They believe it's a fairy tale. It's going to be screaming, gnashing at the teeth. People are going to be tormented down there. Lord, I pray to keep me on the right track because I sure don't want to go there. I can't, I can't imagine. I can't even comprehend that. Even in my mind. I can't process that to understand that. I, that, that that's real rough. Down in hell, well, people got this thing. I, well, you know, so-and-so was cremated and... Uh, they don't have to worry about it no more. They don't have to worry about it. They're going to escape hell. A song, song, song. And uh, 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 they're going to be dead anyway. Devil is a lie. Just like God going to give us a glorified body to be with him forever and ever. He's going to also give the ones that did not accept the Lord a body where it's gonna, they're going to be there forever. Down there with the devil. Burning forever and ever and ever. There's no end. That that used to really that trigger my thoughts. Like no, you can't get out of there. You can't howl out of there. You can't pray out of there. You can't say, Lord, I'm sorry. Yeah, none of that can get you out of there. A message like this needs to be told everywhere that people think that, that well, if I kill somebody, I'm, 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 I don't care. If they lock me up. I ain't. I'm be all right. You're going to hell. Fire and brimstone. And the Bible said, hell have enlarged itself. It's not God's will that people go to hell. They send themselves to hell, but for disobedient. All disobedient is sin. And hell is getting larger and larger every day. We all going before the judgment of Christ. Whether you save or not save, we're going before the judgment of Christ. The Lord knows everything, but we, how we have conducted ourselves right here. He knows. That's why it's very vitally important for us to please God. Not to please people. Please God. You know, please please the Lord. Not, you know, I was telling the Lord something. I think, was it um, yesterday or today or yesterday? I, I, I guess I was telling the Lord something about something concerning myself. I, and I was just saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I can't even remember what exactly it was. But I was saying, Lord, I, I thank you for having the mind to to be real and to be right, I said, because I, I did, I, I think I was telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I, it was something, I can't even think, well, I said, Lord, I did that because of you, not because of me, you know, you have to talk to the Lord, it's like, because you, it's no goodness in yourself, so sometimes we, when we're off to ourselves and not around other people, so we can be some snobs, we can be bad and evil, and hard to get along with, and say, and, and, and be cantankerous, and treat people all kind of ways, and we think nobody don't see that, but God sees it. He sees how we treat people, and I, it was something, I just can't think exactly what it was, but I was telling, I said, Lord, I did that for your benefit, I did that as unto you, because there's no goodness in myself. So in other words, I would have handled it another way. I can't even remember what it was. I said, Lord, I did that for you. And I thank you for you giving me a mind to do that. I said, I thank you for helping me. 
Yes. I don't. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, uh, what it was, but I, I was telling the Lord, I said, Lord, it's so imperative. I said, I imagine people, people, some people don't, they don't care about God. Why? I don't care about God looking at me right now. I'm going to do what I want to do. As God is watching those things, hey, that, that's character. And that's why sometimes God cannot use us because we want, we display one attitude right here and we display another attitude right there. So we don't have the character. So God can't use us to help other people. You know, so I just, you know, uh, I just thank the Lord, you know, he helps us, you know, I don't care how old we get, God wants to help us. He's the only one to keep us, keep us in our right mind and keep us on top of, we'll be snapping everybody. We, 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 every, and, and we sit in our ways and we got different issues going on, we really going to tell somebody off. And we think we have a right, because I'm going through. We don't have a right to tell people off because you're going through. God don't want us. And he's the only one can help us not to do that. It's in your DNA. And it's in my DNA to get back with people when they make you upset. That's in our DNA. We do that. That's what we do as humans. But God helps us. And you know you have to be saved when he's helping you when you could go there. So we thank the Lord. Amen.